Hey, welcome to church today. How are you guys doing? You guys doing all right? Too many Christmas cookies? <laughs> I know, that's for me, okay? That's why we're fasting. Come on, somebody. Uh, no, not really. Um, hey, I want to welcome everybody here to church today. I want to welcome everybody that is watching us via our YouTube channel. Thank you for tuning in and watching us. We have people all over the world that watch us, so thank you for watching us. And if you're going to listen to us this week on our podcast, I pray that this message is a blessing to you. We are kicking off a new series, a two-part series called Fasting and Praying. Uh, before we, we get into it, I want to mention this really quick. I want to thank everybody who's already given to our Miracle Emotion campaign. Man, you guys are so amazing and so generous. Thank you for giving. This is really your last week to give uh, to get your year-end offering in for it to count on your taxes for 2019. So I just want to mention that. This is just a one-time gift over and above your offering uh, in your tithes um, just to further the mission and vision of Passionate Life Church. So if you want to pick up one of those, you can. And then I, I wanted to talk about this really quick. Um, I want all of us Every household to grab one of these. What is this that I'm holding? This is a 21 days of prayer and fasting pamphlet. This is going to be your helper guide. For the, we, want, we want to set you up for a win, okay? I want to throw you an alley-oop. I don't want you to catch it, and I want you to dunk it, okay? And so this is your alley-oop for an easy two points, okay? And so, um, man... If you have any questions, we want to answer them for you, Pastor Don and Pastor Don, um, in the multi-purpose room, about 10 or 15 minutes right after service. Man, go get one of these on your way out. Um, pray about it. Uh, man, I hope, my prayer is that everybody does something for these 21 days, uh, something that will affect your mind, something that will affect your body, and something that will affect your, your soul, okay? And, and because I believe that 2020 will be the best year of our lives if it's the closest we've ever been to Jesus, amen? And so, man, that's why we focus the first around the first 21 days, uh, you know, of the year to Jesus and just really focusing what he has for us uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, before we, we get into it today, uh, we have a video uh, that kind of recaps um, our, our Christmas uh, outreaches that we just really want to show and we want to celebrate. Um, if you guys can go ahead and, and roll that, Jay. Awesome. So Awesome. To be able to spend this time of year giving and reaching out to our community. And so again, I want to thank everybody that was involved in any of those. You made an impact on our community. So thank you so much for serving uh, with your time and your finances and giving to those uh, different organizations. All right? Awesome. Oh, come on, let's pray and we'll get into God's word today. Father, I thank you for this moment this morning, Lord. God, I thank you for this this time of year, God, that is one week before the new year and we start thinking about different things. And so, God, I just pray right now in this moment that we would give the next 30 minutes to you, God. We just pray right now we block out all distraction right now, Lord, that we would focus in. God, open our hearts. Open our minds. Let us receive your words today, Jesus. And let us draw a little bit closer to you in this moment, God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. And amen. Uh, the title 
of the message today, or the subtitle of the message today, is Fasting and Praying for a Breakthrough. We want to fast and pray for a purpose, okay? Because if we're not if we're not praying and fasting for a purpose, it's just a weird church diet. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's weird, right? Like, we don't want to do that. And, and so we're, we're fasting and praying for a purpose. And, and part one here is we want to fast and pray for a breakthrough. And, and I believe all of us, we, we could use a breakthrough in, in one of those three areas, our mind, our body, and our soul. We could, we could all use a breakthrough in, in one of those different areas areas. And so, man, we're going to fast and pray starting on January 5th for a breakthrough. Now, this is what I've found in my relationship with the Lord and, and, and is that sometimes a physical act of obedience needs to happen before a spiritual breakthrough. Many times the spirit fouls a physical obedience, okay? So when you, when, when God asks us to, to give 10%, when he asks us to tithe, right? God doesn't open up the windows of heaven until we actually do it, right? There's a, there's a physical act and God then blesses our finances. You know, many of you, man, you, you, you have areas in your life where you're struggling with and you want the power of God in your life. Many times you don't invite the power of God into your life until you come down and get prayer with somebody. That's a physical act of obedience. And so many times what happens is a spiritual breakthrough or a spiritual release follows a physical act of obedience. And that's what we're doing, uh, you know, starting next week. We're, we're going to have a physical act of obedience, of fasting and praying, and we're going to see God do great things. Amen? Amen. And so I just want to warn you. Uh, Don says I need to warn you when we're, when we're talking about deep things, okay? This is going to be a deep message. You don't get any deeper than spiritual warfare. And we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare today. And the first story, we got a lot of scripture. We're going to let scripture do a lot of the heavy lifting today. And, and the first story, uh, we have a story about Moses in, in the book of Exodus. And we're going to see that Moses' physical obedience, what follows Moses' physical obedience, is an act of a spiritual release, a spiritual breakthrough. Let's read it today in Exodus 17, 10 through 11. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Now, let's stop there for a moment. The Amalek army were a bunch of barbaric killers, okay? They trained their young to kill, okay? Like, they were a, a people, they were a people of warriors, okay? So, if you remember, Israel was, they were just a bunch of slaves, right? They were just a bunch of people who were you know, released out of captivity. They were not fighters, okay? They were not warriors. So this is not a fair match, okay? This is not a fair match. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hands, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, 
the Amalekites gained the advantage. So as long as Moses kept his hands raised in surrender to God, right, in submission to God, this is the act of submission, this is the act of worship, this is the act of prayer, right? As long as he was physically obedient, what happened there? There was a spiritual release happened in this battlefield, and they were able to win. Let's continue. Moses' arms soon became so tired, he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. And so what do we see here? We see that Moses' His, act of, his physical act of obedience led to a victory, right? A victory. God helped Moses and the Israelites win the victory because his physical act of obedience. Okay, so now I want to talk about who are we fighting against, okay? We, we, are, in, we are in a war that is just as real as this one that we're sitting in this morning, Okay? There is a spiritual battle that is happening that is coming against us, okay, every single day. Let, let, let's, Ephesians 6, 12, what are, what are we fighting against? For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. So that boss that you can't stand, he is not your enemy, okay? She is not your, your an- enemy, okay? But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Let, let, let's go ahead and, and, and put the list up there, Jay. I, I want you to see the list. Okay, so these four types, we're going to call them demonic forces, okay, that, that the devil uh, deploys against us, okay, that are fighting against our families, our marriages, uh, our careers, our finances, okay? Let, let's go ahead and look. Uh, number one is evil rulers. Let's just go through them. Evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, uh, unseen world, mighty powers, and evil spirits. Okay, there, there's these four different levels of demonic forces. Okay, that Satan deploys against us, and the whole purpose for these these demonic forces is to resist us, to to stop us from reaching our potential and our purpose that God has placed in us. You see, God's got promises for our lives. He's got good things for our lives. You see, Satan's plan is to kill, steal, and destroy everything in our lives. And so there's this spiritual resistance against us every single day. There's a spiritual resistance. That's why it's difficult sometimes to get to church. There's, this re, there's a spiritual resistance because Satan doesn't want you to come to the house of God. He doesn't want you to wor- corporately worship God. He doesn't want to hear, he doesn't want you to hear a word that's going to encourage you and change your life. He doesn't want you to come and get prayer and have the power of God invited into your situation. That's why you, you feel resistance. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, the kids just pooped their pants, right? You know? That's why there's, you know what I mean, there's, there's that resistance there. Why do you think, why do you think it, it can be such a struggle to read your Bible? 
there's a, res- there's a spiritual resistance. Satan does not want you to read the word of God. Why do you think you always want to fall asleep when you start to pray? You know what I'm saying? Like, you just want, you know what I mean? All of a sudden, it's prayer time, right? And you just want to take a nap. Why, why do you think that is? There is a spiritual resistance coming against the good things that you, you, you want to pour into because, man, there's promises at the end of that. There's encouragement at the end of that. There's power in prayer. There's power in God's word. And so Satan is resisting us. There's this, you'll always feel this spiritual resistance. Now listen, that resistance is actually a good thing. That resistance is actually a good thing. I don't know anybody who can physically get stronger without resistance. I don't know anybody who can, who can physically get stronger without resistance. And so many times our physical bodies work the same way as our spiritual bodies. And so when, when we break through that resistance, right, when we break through and when we, we have a prayer time, we don't fall asleep, right? When we open up our Bible and, and we get the word of God in us, we're, we're breaking through that resistance, Right? When we come to church, right, when everything wrong happens in the morning and we come to church anyways and, and the kids only have one shoe on and, or the socks don't match, it doesn't matter, you know, you broke through the resistance, right? When we break through that resistance, it makes us stronger. And so that, that resistance that we feel, it's actually a good thing because it's making our spirits stronger. Every time you pray, every time you read your Bible, every time you encourage somebody at work, every time you come to church, every time you, you serve the house, every time you give financially, right? There's always a resistance of giving financially. When you break through, it's actually making you spiritually stronger. So we talked about what is resisting us, right? What is fighting against us? Well, let's talk about who is fighting with us, okay? There's a thing called angels, and we see them all throughout Scripture. We see angels all throughout Scripture, hundreds of, of Scriptures talking about angels. Now, the Hebrew word and the Greek word for angel, it means the same thing. It means messenger, messenger from, from God, okay? So they mean the exact same thing. Let, let's talk about the five types of angels really quick. The first type is an archangel, which, is, which means chief, and we see in Scripture that Michael is one. Let's go ahead and read Jude 1.9. But even the archangel Michael, see, we, we see that he, it, he's labeled as an archangel, an archangel is one of the most powerful angels in, in, in uh, all of the earth. When he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not himself dare condemn him for slander, but said, the Lord rebuke you. I find this passage interesting because Michael and Satan are talking trash to each other. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like they, they are, they're like bantering back and forth. And, and I love this. And, and we, we, should, we should follow Michael's example. He just says at the end of the day, he's like, you know what? I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just tapped you. Do you know what I mean? Like, he can't do any. The Lord rebuke you, right? Like, like, like that's the mic drop. You know what I mean? When you're, 
when you're fighting against this spiritual resistance, like that's the mic drop. That, like, that ends it all. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. The name that is above every other name. Let's, let's continue. Let's look at the, the, the second type. So I, I put five types. Now some theologians will say seven. Some will say nine. I know for sure that there's at least five, okay? The cherubim is an incredibly powerful angel, uh, incredibly powerful angels that move with the Spirit of God. So these angels, they move wherever the Spirit of God is going. Um, let, let's go ahead and look at the next one, the seraphim. The seraphim, they live in the presence of God in the throne room. So they, they stay in the presence of God and in the throne room, and, and they're, they're super powerful and mighty too. Let's look at the next one. The living creatures, they worship God day and night. That, that's their, their whole job, and they, they just worship God day and night. They're the ones that are singing, holy, holy, holy is he, the Lord God almighty. That, that's their role. That's, that's their job. Now, the, the, the fifth type is, I didn't know what to call them other than common angels. You know, they're not really common because they're angels, you know what I mean? But they have a variety of jobs, okay? They have a variety of jobs, and that is rescuing, guiding, sending a message from God, ministering, encouraging, and helping accomplish God's will. And so all throughout Scripture, you'll see you know, when, when Daniel was in the lion's den, God sent an angel to shut the mouth of the lion. In, in Acts chapter 12, when Peter was in prison, he sent a prison break angel. Come on, somebody. He sent a prison break angel to break Peter out of prison. Last week, we, we, we talked about the story of Mary and, and what happened. Gabriel, an angel, Gabriel came and gave her a message. And so all throughout Scripture, we see God using angels to work with us. And the biggest thing that I want us to remember is that angels are among us. Hebrews 13.2. The writer of Hebrews wrote this, Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. I don't know if you think that's really cool or really creepy. I, I don't know. Like, but I've heard a lot of stories of people, you know, man, homeless people, people that look like they're homeless, you know, all of a sudden they come up to them and they like give them like this incredible prophetic word about their life, right? And they, you know, they give them a dollar, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and just we have to remember that they are with us. God, God hasn't left us here alone that God has sent us mighty, powerful angels, right, to work with us. Now, let's not get weird, okay? Let's not get weird. Come on, everybody, let's, let's say it together. Let's not, get, let's not get weird, okay? There was this Jewish group of people, okay, that got weird, all right? And they exalted angels, and they made angels godlike, and they actually worshiped angels, and they prayed to angels. Okay, we're not, we're not going to get weird, okay? Um, they are not gods, okay? Let, let's see their, their purpose. What is the purpose of an angel? Hebrews 1, 13 through 14. This is the purpose. To which of the angels did God ever say, and, and 
The writer of Hebrews is talking about Jesus here. Sit at my right hand, because Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet, okay? So all of Jesus' enemies are footstools, okay? Like, right, like think about a footstool. You, you rest your foot on it. Like that. All of our enemies, Jesus puts them under his feet. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. And so this is the passage of scripture where we get guardian angels, where we get the, 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 the idea that we have guardian angels, okay? Because God has commissioned angels over our lives to help us through this life, to, to serve us, okay? To serve us. Now, I am going to, okay, we have time. All right, so think about this for a moment, all right? And, and I want you to understand this. Satan at one point was an angel, okay? Some scholars, some theologians believe that he was an archangel similar to, to Michael, that, that type of power. Now, think about this, okay? You are a mighty angel, powerful angel. Like, you look sweet. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're 10 foot tall. You got sweet wings. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you're pretty awesome. You know what I mean? Like... You're pretty awesome. And uh, God, okay, Jesus and the Holy Spirit decide to create something from dirt called Adam and Eve, okay? They made us from dirt, right? And he formed us out of clay, right? And he formed Adam and Eve, he formed, God formed us in his image. We're the only creation that is formed in the image of God, Okay, so he forms us in his image and he breathes life. He, he breathes pneuma. He breathes, God breathes life into us. When we come to life, we are now his children. And then he says to all of heaven, guess what, guys? You get to serve these pieces of dirt. <laughs> now, if you're an all-powerful 10-foot, 15-foot angel who has sweet wings, who is awesome. How do you feel about that? And Satan allowed pride into his heart. And he says, no, I'm not going to serve them. No way. I'm way better than them. And his answer was pleasing to about a third. In, in the book of Revelation, we know it's pleasing to about a third of the angels. At this time, angels had free will. And so they actually tried to overtake heaven. They actually tried to overtake God. And God cast them down to this earth. You see, we, we see in Scripture when Jesus comes to this, to this world, what does he do? He, he serves us, right? And we see the, the greatest example is when Jesus bends down and washes the feet of the lowest. Like, like this is the act of a lowest servant. Jesus says, man, I haven't come to be served, but I've come to serve humanity. And, he, and he's washing our feet. See, Satan didn't want to serve us. He wanted to be worshipped. And so he was cast down to this earth, right, to, to attack us, to come against us because he's ticked off because he got kicked out of heaven. And so now we are in, there's this real spiritual war between angels and demons. And so, so what happens when we pray, there's things that happen in the spiritual world that, that, that when we pray. And so I want to give you, I want to read this passage today. 
in 2 Kings, what is it, 2 Kings uh, 5, 2 Kings 6, 10 through 12, and I want, I want to show you, I want, I want us to begin to visualize, and I think this will help our prayer life. When you begin to pray, angels are actually moving on our, but God's moving angels on our behalf. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time, time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, which of you is the traitor? Who has been informed? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It's not us, my lord, the king. One of the officers replied, Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Like, you want to talk about a guy who's connected to God? Okay, so the king of Aram, he could not cast catch Israel. He, he could not catch them off guard. They, 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 would, they would try to ambush them. They couldn't ambush them because Elisha would always, uh, God would tell Elisha where they're going to be. And so they would just move. And so the king of Aram, he's ticked off, right? Because he can't, he can't catch Israel. And, and so he's like, all right, we need to get this guy, Elisha. We, we, we need to get him. Like, like, he's the key. Let's continue. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back, Elisha is at Dothan. So one night, the king of Aramon sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. Think, think about that for a moment. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elijah. Now, this is just how I visualize this. You know, he, gets, he comes out of the tent early in the morning, right? He's, he's setting up the little percolator, right, for the coffee in the morning, right? And, you know, he's wiping boogers out of his eyes. And, and he, he looks up, and all of a sudden, he sees hundreds, maybe even thousands of warriors with spears and swords, people sitting on horses, right, completely surrounding them right? A time, if any, to panic, right? You know what I'm saying? Like panic time, right? And so I can visualize him running into the tent, right? Running into the tent and, and screaming this to Elijah. And I don't know why I think of this, but I think of Elijah, like he's, he's shaving in the morning, right? And he's just like, just really calm and, he, and he's just shaving and his response is just like, chill, bro. You know what I mean? Like, Look at this response from Elisha. He's like, he goes, don't be afraid. I need to finish shaving, right? For there are more on our side on theirs. Like, like he doesn't even go outside to look. Like, he doesn't, even, he doesn't even go outside to count, right? He just knows with a shadow of a doubt that there are way more for them than against them. I love this. I love this. Oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. My prayer is that, man, our eyes would be, would be open, that we would begin to see God at work in our lives every single day, because he's working on our behalf every single day. God, open our eyes. Let us see your work at hand. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses 
and chariots of fire. Come on. I'll give you some confidence, right? All of a sudden, he sees thousands of angels sitting on chariots of fire, horses of fire, right? As the Armenian army advanced towards him, so they're advancing towards him, Elisha prayed, oh Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. And this was a revelation to me this week. Because the, the very next scene, Elijah takes this whole army and, and he takes it back to the Israelite camp and he, he, he brings them right there to him. Whatever attack Satan is bringing upon your life, your family, your marriage, your finances, listen to me. Because of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, we can blind the attacks of the enemy on our lives. Listen, man, this week I was blinding the, the attacks of the enemy against this church, against my family, against your, your marriage, against your kids. Man, I was blinding the attacks. Listen to me. You can blind the attacks of the enemy and you can tell the enemy where to go. You, listen, we have that authority in the... In the name of Jesus, we have that authority. You see, Satan does not want us to know these things, that we can blind him. We can cause the demons to go blind, and we can cast them back to the pit of hell. We can send them someplace that they don't want to go. Elijah leads them right to the Israel camp. Man, we have real authority in Jesus' name. We have real authority in, the, in, in the, the demonic realm that is coming against us, that is attacking us. We have real authority in the name of Jesus. We can blind those attacks. We can blind those demons and tell them to go back to hell in Jesus' name. Come on, is that some good news for you today? Come on. We grab some authority today. So for the rest of our time this morning, I want to talk about what happens when we, we fast and pray. And we're going to talk more nuts and bolts next week um, and, and just more uh, specifics next week of, of how to fast. And again, um, and I want to encourage you to go to uh, the, the session with, with Don and, and, and Pastor Ben in the multi-purpose room. If you have any questions. Um, that, that'll be next week. But I, I want us to see what happens in the spirit world. And I want us to see what happens when one person, what one person can accomplish when they fast and pray. Daniel chapter 10, 1 through 3. In the, in the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia. So Cyrus was the king of Persia. Persia was a great empire during this time, and they had actually captured Israel, and he was debating back and forth whether or not he was going to let uh, Israel rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. Daniel had another vision. He understood that the vision concerning events certain to happen in the future, times of war and great hardship. When the vision came to me, I, Daniel had been in mourning for three whole weeks. All that time, I had eaten no rich food, 
No meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. Okay, as your pastor, I am going to give you permission during our fast to use smelly lotions, okay? And take a shower, all right? You're welcome, okay? And we're going to talk more details about the, the Daniel fast. It's a lot of fruits and vegetables. But, but for three whole weeks, he's, he's fasting and he's praying for, he's praying for, for the nation Israel, okay? He's, he's specifically praying that Cyrus would be moved and allow them to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. Let's continue. This is what happens. And I love this. He's got a specific date. On April 23rd, as I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing. So many theo- uh, theologians are saying that, that this is Jesus. This is what actually Jesus looks like in heaven. So Jesus is coming here, and then it transfers from Jesus to, to an angel. Many scholars believe that the angel is Gabriel that comes and brings the message. And so many scholars believe that this is a description of Jesus. Jesus is actually coming to uh, Daniel in this moment, okay? He's dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning, and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze, and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. That is someone you don't want to mess with, right? Let's continue. Let's continue. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So I was I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak, and when I heard the the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. Okay? As soon as Jesus spoke, face plant. This is why when we hear scriptures in Revelation that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess because when we see, G- when we see Jesus for the first time, everybody's probably going to face plant because he's that, that powerful. He's just, man, that's why we have real power and real authority in the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Let's continue. Now, this is where many scholars believe that it switches over from Jesus to, and they believe that it's probably Gabriel here giving this message to Daniel. Just then, a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and knees, and the man said to me, Daniel, this is so good, you are very precious to God. Let me tell you, you are precious to God. You are so precious to God this morning. So listen carefully to what I have said to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up still trembling. Let's continue. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Look at this, look at this. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. Now, I can't explain how prayers are processed in heaven, okay? I don't know that, all right? But I do know 
when we humble ourselves and we commit a, a, a time to fast and pray, that, man, when we pray, our prayers are immediately heard in heaven. Now, I don't know what happens to them when they are in heaven, but I know that they're heard. I have come in answer to your prayer. And so God specifically sent an angel to answer Daniel's prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. So the reason why I wanted to go through the the demonic forces and so you could see that is because this is a, a demonic force that is over Persia and is trying to influence the king uh, 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 of, uh, of Cyprus, the King Cyprus, okay? And so there's a resistance there. Even though our prayers were heard, even though Daniel's prayers were heard immediately in heaven, it took 21 days for that prayer, for, for the angels, whatever happens, they're fighting, they're, they're going through things, you know what I mean? To get that prayer answered. Then Michael, one, and so this is where we we know that there's more than one archangel. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia, okay? So he leaves him there to fight on his own with with this this spirit prince. Um, Later on in that passage, there's a spirit prince over uh, Greece, uh, over Greece that's resisting. And so there is a spiritual battle going on for your family. There, there's a spiritual battle that is going on for our city, for the city of Littleton, for the city of Denver, for the state of Colorado, for our country. That Satan is resisting the breakthrough. And sometimes it takes a group of people that says, you know what, I've had enough. And I'm going to go, and this is what fasting does, it takes you from defense to offense. It says, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put the devil on defense. And I'm going to spend three weeks in January praying and fasting, getting my mind right, getting my body right, getting my soul right. Listen, if one person can change the fate of a nation, listen to this, one person, Daniel, humbled himself, prayed and fast, what could a whole church do? If we began to fast and pray for our workplaces, for our lost family members, for our schools, for our teachers, for our congressmen and women, what what could we do if we, we united in praying for our state? How about our country? It was the obedience of one man who changed the fate of a nation. What could we do all together as one church? If we said, hey, I'm going to, three weeks out of 52 I'm going to commit to God. And I'm going to commit to going on the offense against the attacks of the devil. And I'm going to take back some things that Satan stole from me. Because I got real authority in the name of Jesus. 
Come on, will you, will you unite with me? Will you pray with me? Will you fast with me to see a real change in your life, a real breakthrough in your life? Listen, sometimes it takes that physical act of obedience to say, I'm going to do it. And then the spiritual breakthrough comes. Are you sick of that addiction? Are you, are, you, are you sick of that habitual habit you can't get rid of? Are you sick of that, 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 that negative mindset? Are you sick of depression? Are you sick of just always being riddled with anxiety? Man, sometimes you just need to take it by force and say, okay, I'm going to commit three weeks for my spiritual breakthrough. And I know I got real authority in the name of Jesus because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of me. Let's bow our heads. Close our eyes as we go into our response time this morning. Maybe you'd say this morning, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus, and I need to do that. Maybe you've drifted from God, and, and man, you just need to make a recommitment to him today, and that you're going to follow him, and man, that in a couple days, it's going to be 2020, and Man, what a great way to enter the new year, committing your life to Christ. I just ask that every head is bowed, every eye is closed. This is your personal commitment to Christ. If that's you today, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. And I would just ask that we would all say this prayer this morning as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sin, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.